Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott. And we'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly. But right now, if you have questions, concerns, or comments about any of your plant material... Your house plants or maybe some of those perennials or maybe trees, shrubs, who knows what. I mean, wow, the outdoors is really in that transition zone. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I hope the 1-800-925-1120 has been corrected. Last week it wasn't functioning, so uh, give it a try. And we'll see what happens. This is Saturday morning. We can get together and have a roundtable discussion about what's impacting your backyard, your front, side yard, uh, that specialty garden space, you know, that vegetable garden. Oh, it didn't do so good this year. Well, uh, you know, it was because of craziness of the weather. I mean, we all drowned because of flooding and everything else earlier in the year. And now we're in a kind of a drought circumstance. It's really just kind of incredible. Anyway, houseplants, tropicals, mixing plants together. Should a clematis be planted with a azalea in close proximity? Well, that probably wouldn't be advisable. Got a question about that? Well, then just give me a call and I'll tell you. And uh, how to improve your soil? Should you be pruning this time of year? Uh, Is there still bugs out there? I don't know. How about diseases? Uh, Use the information that I'm going to share with you, and hopefully it will help you orchestrate and solidify your options with the final judgment of the action you're going to take always on your shoulders. And this is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me to uh, into your home, car, or wherever you happen to be listening. Another very important player is Ethan. He's still learning the whole thing. And Drew is here to coach him along. And uh, they're, Ethan's producing, so when you call, he will answer the phone All he needs is your first name. He doesn't need to know what you're calling about or your Zodiac sign or anything else. So stay away from that kind of stuff. I'm Mike Miller, by the way. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And I can come to your home and do a landscape consultation if you'd like for me to do that. I had one scheduled today, but I had to cancel because of there's some really nutty stuff going on in my world right now. Anyway. Uh, I call that a walk and talk. You can go to my website to get my phone number. Probably the best way to get a hold of me. You can email me, but uh, part of this whole thing is just cr- crashing of 
my internet's anyway enough of that stuff so let's get the good guardian stroll going and it's brought to you by st louis composting 636-861-3344 i sat down in my car turned it on 41 degrees my gosh as soon as i stepped out the door of the house so on my way to my car i could see my breath i thought "Uh uh-oh what is this? Oh. So I decided to, Tracy advised me or she suggested that I go here, which I'm going to be talking about in a few seconds, and uh, actually the Best Missouri Market. This is the 30th anniversary of the Best Missouri Market. Long time ago, the Garden Hotline used to broadcast from the Best of Missouri Market, and then that ended after several years, and now I don't know if anybody broadcasts from there, but they still may, maybe different radio stations or whatever. As I pulled up and parked, I parked, got lucky, parked right on Shaw, didn't have to walk all that far or anything else. There is a sign that reads, which I'm not exactly sure why this says this, the garden will open at 12 o'clock today. But for the best Missouri market, but I don't understand because I have a brochure here and it says it's supposed to open at nine or eight or something for, you know, members, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the Jack C. Taylor Visitor Center stretches all the way across almost an entire block. It's welcoming and it says the market is to the left. And there's, as you head in that direction, smooth hydrangea, swamp white oaks, and a reflexed sedge are part of the plant material that says hello to you. And it says there's another sign as you step inside the area where mainly it's not necessarily just uh, truck food trucks or something like that or coffee trucks or whatever. There's some vendors in that part too. Um, the special thanks to Nora Stern and Ella Dubinsky. They're the original founders and past market chairs. So I I knew Nora Stern. She was the one that was kind of responsible for having the Garden Hotline go from there. Then the next thing I see, I see, a, wow, bales of straw and uh, stalks of and ears of corn and mums and all kinds of pumpkins and wow. The next thing, there's a rain garden. So in other words, this is the botanical garden created a situation in their parking lot so they could keep the water from just running into the, let's say, the stormwater intakes on the streets and other places. And this rain garden captures all this runoff, or a lot of the runoff, and it has winter berries, it has river birch and things like that. And then I see there's a huge tent, and this huge tent is where the vendors, and in the vendors you can get everything from spices to wildflowers, to jewelry, to floor mats, to uh, all-natural beard care. I can't imagine what an all-natural, a company that just has stuff for beards. There's painted gourds that look like Christmas ornaments, and there's so much more. There's a lot of stuff going on today. Now, I'm not sure why that sign at the right on Shaw at the entrance said opening at 12 o'clock because the brochure I have says Saturday and Sunday October 8th and 9th, open 9 to 5. Members only shopping on Saturday between 8 and 9. And there's a kids' area. The kids' area has all kinds of stuff. It's kind of unbelievable the way they put this thing together. I, you know, It seems a little bit more uh, 
uh, developed than when I used to broadcast from there. But anyway, Peter Weiss Jackson, he's the president of the Missouri Botanical Garden. He welcomes you to the 30th anniversary of the Best of Missouri Market, and he's really always excited about lots of different things. And uh, just kind of, there's going to be a hundred artisans and producers there. And uh, you can visit the market. Then you can go into the botanical garden and stroll around through there. The admission to the, uh, if you're not a member of the botanical garden for the best of Missouri market is, uh, let's say, this amount of money. And if you're a garden member, it's half that amount. And then kids get to even a reduced amount, too. And there's also parking, maybe don't worry about it because you're not going to necessarily park right in the Botanical Garden parking lot there on Shaw, but you're going to park at some of the other uh, structures the garden owns along Shaw. And then there's going to be a shuttle that runs uh, for most of the, let's see, today it runs from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. So it's just, uh, it's really a great thing. And then besides everything that's at the Best of Missouri Market, it's just a really unreal type thing. They had in the kids' corner. They have a petting zoo, and uh, a circus kaput, magic entertainment, face painting, face painting, airbrush tattoos, and building activities. There's some pizza. There's some perennials. There's some pops. Uh, plant a pot and uh, fall photo opportunity, and all kinds of different stuff as well. So. Best of Missouri Market. Ah, I remember the days, like I said, when we used to broadcast from there. Never was quite this cold that I remember, though. Hmm, 41 degrees. That was really chilly. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I will be back after these messages. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, phone lines open 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Somebody called and left a message on my 
office phone, my home phone or whatever, and he asked about uh, grass seeding this time of year. And I was going to call him. I never got around to it because of craziness in my life. But anyway, putting grass seed down this time of year is probably a waste of time and a waste of energy. But if you've got the seed, you just want you don't want to have it sitting around in your garage over the winter time. Go ahead and do it. The reason why it's a waste of time is because of the cold, and the seed may germinate and it may do fine as far as the germination goes. But will it have enough time and warm soil? to actually be able to penetrate with its root system deep enough to be able to withstand that first frost. And if we were 41 this morning, we're getting not really all that close to frost, but it is starting to get there on the edges of that. And then frost will kill newly germinated seed pretty quickly. So anyway, let's head over to Dan or Dana's. Hi, Dana. Hello, Dana. Are you there? Hello, Dana. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, we have some kind of critter that's creating trouble in our backyard and front yard, and I don't think it's a mole. It makes holes that are almost hmm, an inch and a half or so, or maybe even two inches, and it makes sort of raised tunnels, but then on both sides of the tunnel, there's like no grass, and I think it's eating the roots of trees. Could it be a vole? We, don't, we never see the thing. Well, it could be a vole. I mean, that would be a, certainly a possibility. But just uh, it's a little bit tough to, you know, tough to yeah. say what it's actually going to be. Uh, generally, you know, these, I mean, mammals are not, they do eat some root system, but root systems uh, of trees is not necessarily going to be their favorite. And uh, for their digging, is it near the trees? Is that why you no. think they're eating the tree roots? No, the reason I think I'm eating the tree root is because it killed half of one of my dogwood trees. Uh, I don't and, think. And also a lilac bush, it, it pretty well killed. And they're, they're, it goes into the lawn, like where the grass is, but it goes all around, you know. It's like pretty much kind of straight lines. And then there's these holes that are like sometimes almost two inches. And it's just weird because you can see the grass is dead on both sides of where these things been. Right. It's just really weird. <laughs> so I would say go out and take a look underneath your shrubs and see if there's a. Usually, if it's a vole, it's going to have not just a single hole, but a you know a couple exit holes. Right. That's what it has. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then maybe that's uh, you do have voles, so you're going to have to get a you know start trapping. How do you trap them? I've been putting mouse traps down, and the crazy things they they eat the peanut butter, and they don't even spring the trap. I can't figure it out. I guess maybe the traps are no good. Yeah, I would probably go ahead and do the peanut butter, but get a rat trap, not a mouse trap. Ah. A mouse trap is way too small for a vole. Oh, okay. so you got to get something that's going to. Yeah, means. that's what I was wondering because they they managed to steal the bait without even springing the trap. Right, so mm. get a rat trap. So they're going to be much better. And they're ah. going to be, uh, <laughs> let's okay. say, deadly. And should you put them, like, right near their hole? Or yes, what do you think? The, not the holes in the yard, the holes that you find underneath shrubs and things oh, like that. Oh, okay. So putting them by, uh, a, let's say, a hole out in the yard is not mm-hmm. going to do anything. Ah. So it could be birds that are even eating your peanut butter. 
Well, I covered it. I, I did it one time, and then, yeah, the, the, even the whole trap was gone, but then I found it later. But now <laughs> I've been covering them with a bucket, you know, so that the bird, I don't want to catch a bird by mistake. Right. So, no, yeah. don't, don't fool with that and, uh, you know, put the trap, find out where the, you know, because they have a home base, let's put it that way. Ah. So put the trap by the home base, not I out see. in, you know, these remote spots. Okay, I'll have to search for it then. So you right. think it would be more likely to be under like a bush or un- where right. there's some euonymus or something? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Sure, my pleasure. Uh-huh, bye. And now let's go over to Kathy's yard. Hi, Kathy. Good morning, Mike. Hi. I don't know if you can help me or not with this question. We live in Webster Grove in a, a retirement community, and we have a large woods behind us. And this past couple weeks, we found a pine cone that is 12 inches long and weighs over three and a half pounds. And we are curious as to what kind of tree this came from. We can't seem to find the name of There is a, a pine tree back there that's probably 80 feet tall. And way at the top, there are the pine cones just in about the top, well, 10 feet the way it looks. And we're wondering how we go about identifying this. We have sent a picture in... Uh, a branch, a picture of a branch to the Department of Conservation, and they are puzzled also. They seem to think, we kind of think it might be a coulter pine, but they claim that they only grow in California. Right, so that's not possible. And this thing is how big, the pine cone? It is a foot long and weighs over three and a half pounds. Wow. It's huge. It's been a topic of conversation, needless to say. I would say maybe look at Norway spruce. That would be my guess without seeing a tree or anything else. Norway spruce. Right. Okay. So Is there it doesn't, any? It doesn't have the classic pine needles. It's got shorter pine needles, but uh, they get pretty tall. And, you know, hmm. I still, you know. No, this has, this has long pine needles, and they're, where they're attached to the, the little branch, they're in clusters of five. Yeah, that doesn't mean too much. But the only, you know, there's only a few things, a few pines that, uh, you know, that grow in this region that have the longer needles. And one's the Austrian pine, and those are pretty much been wiped out by just uh, the climatic change. And then the white pine is the only other one. So, is that right? Yeah. And you don't know where else we could contact that would uh, have any more information? Well, you could do the botanical garden. We could try that. Right. We have not done that. We've done uh, conservation, but we might do that. Right. So All right. go to mobot, mobot.org. Mo- yeah, right. Very good. Okay, thank you, Mike. All right. Good luck. A, th- a three-pound pine cone. Wow. <sighs> Scary. Let's go over to Eric's yard now. Hi, Eric. Hi, Mike. How are you doing this morning? I've got a couple questions for you. Um, I just recently put in a, like a shade garden, and I was going to put some mulch down today. Um, and I live close to St. I have been Belleville uh, with St. Louis Compost. Is just like putting some of this brown mulch and putting it down about two or three inches, pretty good. Well, uh, you might not need uh, two or three inches; probably one to two inches. If you put, you okay. know, just watch out. I mean, three inches is okay, but uh, that's kind of getting maximum. You know, maximizing okay. as far as the depth for newly installed plant material. Okay. The other, I had a couple other questions. I've started tearing my garden down, and uh, 
I was going to put some compost down into that. Is like a field and turf enhancer good or a black gold good? Either one. I mean, the black gold is specifically for what you're talking about. The field and turf is more the one that's used. It can be used for multiple things, but uh, after people uh, core aerate, then they put the field and turf enhancer on top uh, on top of the soil after they uh, core aerate, and then it drops down into the holes from the core aeration. But you can use them both in either location. So they would work, both work. And then the, uh, one last question is I've got a viburnum bush that's already gotten out of control. It's really big, and it needs trimming. But if I trim it now, I'd lose the flowers for next year. Is that right? That's correct. And then if you prune it after it's flowering, and that's the best time to do it, then also then you, you're not going to get the, the fruit on it, the berries. But and then if I've... I was going to say, if I've got, like, uh, some rose bushes and crepe myrtles and, like, a molly bush, and they're getting sort of waving in the breeze and a little too tall, is would that wouldn't hurt to trim those at all now, would it? No, it wouldn't, because those are summer bloomers. Okay. That sounds good. Um, right. So, in other words, when a, what a summer bloomer means is it's just going to go dormant for the, you know, for the wintertime, and then next year when the new growth begins in the late winter, early spring, then that's when it produces the flower buds, where the things that bloom in the spring are producing the flower buds right now or have already produced the flower buds. That's why pruning okay. now for spring bloomers, you just cut the flowers off for next year. But like with the rose bushes, like the knockout rose and the crepe myrtle and molly bushes, if I, they're about four foot tall or so trim those down like take about a foot or so off of those yeah i wouldn't you know that would probably be the most i'd take off because if you prune too much you might get too deep into the actual shrub or whatever and then get beyond the ability for you know new growth or adequate new growth okay and like on that viburnum where it's uh uh you know i don't want to go ahead and lose all the flowers if i just even it out a little bit, I'll just lose the flowers in the place wherever I cut it, I guess. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. And if you have any questions or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, phone lines open 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go over to Marie. Marie, how are you? Morning. 
um, was I just overheard. I think I came in on the tail end of it. I love your show. Whereas somebody, where somebody questioning about hanging on to grass seed or putting it out. Right. Yeah, they, I didn't okay. know if he had the grass. He just left a phone message and asked me about putting seed out this time of year. Okay, I have a tip that I was told uh, around 50 years ago, and it works. Um, putting grass seed out when you know we're going to get a good snow, and it starts snowing, and before it really accumulates, but you know we're going to get you know a good amount. Put grass seed out then. And as it melts, I guess it seeps into the ground more, even with the ground frozen. Anyway, I know it worked for me as far as putting it down when you know there's going to be a good snow. <laughs> so that's my tip right. to share. Well, great. Well, thanks for sharing. <laughs> okay. Bye now. See ya. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, that's, you know, something that uh, many people have done over the years, uh, it's going to, you know, the seed, you got, you're taking a chance by doing that. But uh, if you've got the seed and you want to just go ahead and not have it sitting around in a bag in your garage where it, it could get moldy and it, probably the seed germination per, you know, percentage is going to go down just as the seed ages. So go ahead and throw it out in the snow. Sounds like fun. And now let's see what it, let's go over to Dave's. Hi, Dave. Hey, Mike. Hi. I've got a lilac bush that's about 40 years old. This spring, it, it bloomed real nice, and it's bloomed real nice every year. But about midsummer, it started losing its leaves, and I'd say it's lost over 80% of its leaves. Yikes. But the green leaves that are on there, which I've never seen since I've lived here almost 40 years, is it's got blooms on it. <laughs> wow. Think it's on its way out? Uh well, it could, you know, it could be, but, uh, you know, the fact that it lost the leaves, it could be related to the extreme amount of rainfall that we had and then the really kind of dry circumstance that we had. So uh, I would say just keep your fingers crossed. You've had 40 years of good luck with it and just kind of see what happens next year. I can't imagine why the blooms are on it right now, though. I mean, that's just really odd. Yeah, I mean, it's really... You know, the weather is really making some transitional changes, and there's been, a, I can't remember exactly what, but over the last month or so, I've been surprised to see certain things that were in bloom that, you know, you wouldn't expect this time of year. So it, they're just getting, you know, it's, blooms are basically triggered by, you know, nature and temperatures and that kind of circumstance. So that's what's causing it, and, I mean, that's climate change. Yeah. Well, I've been, I have been watering, and, and maybe it just kind of, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, well, well, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll let it sit a year and see what happens. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Sure. Thanks, Dave. And let's go over to Sheila's. Hi, Sheila. Sheila, are you there? Uh, yes, I am, Mike. Okay. I have a couple of questions. One is, uh, I'm over here in Creef Core, and I'm on an acre, and I've got this lower land that I'm thinking about seeding everything, but I don't want to waste it. I just heard the lady about the snow in the seed. Right. Uh, we had frost on the lower level, and um, I'm wondering how much help it is. I'm thinking about just core aerating the whole property, but uh, not seeding the whole property. Is that helpful? Core aeration definitely helps, and especially so, if you follow it up with compost. Even if you don't, it just helps open up the soil 
and lets you know air into the ground and just helps you know helps the soil's health overall because healthy soil is what you know plant growth is all about whether it's a lawn or whether it's shrubs or perennials or anything else well you know the seed i'm using a top-notch seed and it's kind of it's pretty expensive when you're covering this amount of ground and i know i i I thought about just waiting until the spring but i did that once on the side of the house and it just burned up you know i think if you seed in this in the spring it just doesn't have enough time for that root system to take yeah the and also the germination in the spring is really kind of screwed up from the standpoint the ground is cold. So warm ground is what really triggers the seed germination, and that's why fall is by far the best time to do uh, seeding. I would have never thought of that, but that makes perfect sense. Um, and what about if we put it down now, if we did go over the entire grass, what about a light frost? you know, and get, still has enough time to germinate. Is that probably okay, or would you just, like, spot do it, like around the patio and, you know, not not maybe cover that whole lower area where it's frosting up more? Yeah, I mean, a light frost, it could survive that. It's just that, you know, I mean, the ground is going to get colder and colder and colder, and, again, it's got to be the root system that penetrates into the ground that protects it from, uh, the cold weather, and you know, we okay. never know what's going to happen as far as cold. So a light frost doesn't mean a whole lot, but if we have uh, you know a couple days in a row where the temperatures are cold, then that's going to probably you know basically. Uh, well, the plan is put it down on Monday. I'm thinking we're still within the window of opportunity. Uh, you're kind of really on the cusp. It's just going to be a roll of the dice. Okay. Then I have one other quick question. Um, I have a paper bark maple. It's been in the ground for about three years. The deer kind of got the lower branches a couple of years ago, and the thing is just a little skinny stick. It still looks okay, but when it came out last spring, it was absolutely covered in these seeds, you know, the little seed pod things. Right. They have gone all summer, and it still looks okay. I mean, do you just like some of these things just take multiple years before they start getting established or is there something I can do for it? Well, uh, I know it looks like it's under a little stress. Yeah. Especially paper bark, you know, is not exactly the best tree for here for our weather. So real. Yeah. I mean, so that's, you know, that may have some kind of impact on what's happening there. It's gotten taller, but not any wider. Right. So, like, river birch and things like that have the exfoliating bark, but the paper bark is, uh, again, it's, I mean, it's for sale at nurseries and things like that, but you don't see a whole lot of them throughout the entire region, and uh, that's because they don't like it here all that much. And you think that all the seeds on it is stress? Well, it could be. I mean... uh, uh, sort of a desperation type circumstance. Mm-hmm. Nothing I can really do though. No. To help it. What Just, about super thrive? Nothing like that. What was that? Su- like super thrive? You know, maybe mix some super thrive and give it that. No, that don't do that because it's kind of like when anything, you know, whether it's your dog or whether it's you or anything else is not feeling well, you know. Something like that is not necessarily going to help it feel better. Okay. All right. All righty. Well, thanks a bunch, Mike. I appreciate the advice and love your show. Well, thanks. Okay. Thanks for having me sure. on your show. 
All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now let's see. Where should we go? <laughs> let's go over to Lou's. Hi, Lou. Hello, Mike. Uh, I'm often caller, but first off, we've had three frosts last week. I'm in the valley north of Campsville in Calhoun County. Oh, my goodness. We had three had light frosts. We had heavy frost this morning uh, in the whole yard. And so it's been 32, 34, something like that. Uh, the holes in the mole runs is a fascinating story. I have a lot of that. I have two chipmunks out here. I don't know what they're always messing around and going down there. I don't know if I can get an Alvin and Alvina or something. <laughs> and uh, uh, one day out by the lilac bush, which is ancient, I was getting ready to get in the car, and I looked, and I seen a, some holes around there, too, but all across the yard between the oak trees even. Every so foot or so, there's a hole in the moors. But out by that lilac bush, I looked and I seen some leaves, like a little ornamental vine, like poison ivy. There's not being pulled down in a hole. And I looked and pulled it down. I don't know. I don't know whether Vole could do that or not. But these little critters are just all over. I don't know. There's two or more. But running around over the yard this morning again, and I've seen them go in those little holes. I don't know what it's all about either. <laughs> But a vole, I've never seen one, so no, I guess they're similar looking to a mole, aren't they? Yeah, well, uh, sort of. I mean, just because it, the name kind of rhymes doesn't necessarily mean yeah. too much. But, uh, yeah, they're both sort of, moles are a little bit more, let's say, let's put it this way. Voles really can't dig like moles can. There's not too many things that can dig like moles. Chipmunks yeah. can't, nothing really can but they're really running in these, and I've seen them go. I've got some old foundations out here, right. stone foundations, and I've seen them go in little holes this morning already. Right. And they're they're pretty chubby. Um, <laughs> the one of them, he's got racing stripes on his side. He's <laughs> kind of cute. Uh, but I, you know, and these runs are between, I got two big oak trees, and they're all up and down the hill. They just run through there, and every about a foot or two, there's a hole. Right through the top of the mole run. I mean, I'm I'm lost on this critter too. <laughs> well, the, the voles use mole tunnels, so yeah, because they don't they can't dig themselves. So they say, well, let's let the moles take care of the digging, and we'll just use a tunnel to look for insects or you know root systems or whatever it is they're going going after to eat. Yeah. I don't know why there's a hole out in the open. Yeah, you know, every foot or two on these. That's it. Anybody ever has any suggestions? I'd be interested in hearing it. Yeah, but I try. I, yeah, try the University of Missouri or University of Illinois Extension Service and see what they say about that. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, I anyway. This was just I ties in, but I was amazed that day when I was getting in the car and I looked and I seen these leaves moving <laughs> by the base of the lilac bush, and pretty soon they went down the hole. Right. So, I, that's that's another one. <laughs> Well, thanks, Lou. All right. Well, thank you for everything. Sure, my pleasure. Bye. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Kathy's yard. Hi, Kathy. Good Kathy? morning. Yes, good morning. 
thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'm calling about uh, transplanting some plants that are in the ground. I've got a huge lantana plant. I mean, it's like four feet tall, six feet wide um, that uh, I put out in the spring uh, from last year. I got it from a neighbor, that, and she had already potted it and brought it in. And now it's my turn to get it inside so I can re-pot, replant it in the spring. And I'm wondering if you can give me any direction. I mean, it's so big, I can't really manage bringing it in at that size. So I think I need to trim it down. Yeah, you can actually do some pruning on it. And just make sure that the, the day before you're going to dig it up and put it into a pot that you water it. And then go about halfway, you know, out from the uh, where the stems are coming up out of the ground to the distance of the branches, and that's about how big the root ball would be ideal for you to get. Okay, and then just like have some sharp uh, cutters and just just snip snip off the long. Yeah, branches. I would probably. Yeah, I would probably go ahead and. You know, get it into a pot and ready to come inside before you did the pruning. Okay. And then Good do the tip. pruning once it's potted up right before you bring it inside. Okay. Um, and then the other uh, transplanting we're trying to do, our neighbor has this very fast-growing tree. We think it's called a princess tree, and it's having these shoots coming up around it, and he... Uh, has said, you know, that we could dig those up and and, uh, transplant them over to our yard. Um, Can you give us suggestions for that? Well, have the location that you're going to move them to, and just when you dig it up, just make sure that, uh, you know, the sucker has some root system because if it doesn't, then it's not going to be able to uh, get acclimated. So, in other words, it won't be able to reestablish. Okay. All righty. That's it for me today. I appreciate your help. All right. Great. My pleasure. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, just uh, something like that is going to be, you know, quite a deal as far as digging up a sucker and then, you know, without any, you don't know how much root system there's going to be. So just uh, keep your fingers crossed that you're going to have luck. Probably what I would do is rather than transplant it into the ground, I would get a pot, put it in a potting mix you know, for starting plant material and put the suckers that you're digging up and grow them in a pot for a year or two to see if you're going to have success with them. Okay, and so that would be okay to leave those pots out during the winter this year? Yeah, leave them out during the winter, but what you should do is just dig a hole in some garden space and just drop the pot down into a hole, and that will help protect it, you know, for the winter time. Uh Uh-huh, I see. Well, these... uh Sucker plants, like they've just come up this year, and, I mean, they're already, like, at least four feet tall. So right. hopefully there's some root underneath there. Yeah. <laughs> we won't know until we find out, I guess. Exactly, until you start digging. Yeah. All righty, Mike. Thanks again. Have sure. a great day. My pleasure. And now let's head over to Jennifer's. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I transplanted a columbine about uh, two years ago, and both springs it's really flowered and done well. Uh, My question is, after it flowers and it goes to the seed pods, I've collected the seeds, what is the best thing to do with those? With the seeds? Basically, you know, if you want to have more plants, 
just an area that uh, you're wanting to have them grow, just make sure there's not a whole lot of mulch there and clean the mulch off and just put this, you know, sprinkle the seeds in that area. At what time of the year? This is the time of year to be doing it. Okay, because it seems like they sprout out real early in the spring before anything else um, comes up, or the plant that I transplanted is doing that. Right. So, in other words, it's going to flower early, then it's going to set the seed. And just, you know, if you have the seed, because a lot of times people get the old flower, let's say, hulls or whatever, thinking there may be seed in it, but there isn't any seed. No, I clipped them off and then shook them, and the seeds came out, and I I have them. Okay, good, because I was going to say it looks like little small pieces of pepper. Yes. And so consequently, that's go ahead, you know, go ahead and just, uh, you know, sprinkle them around. I I don't know how many seeds you have. Sprinkle. Quite a few, actually. It it generated a lot. And I actually have some from the previous year. Oh, great. Are they any good? Uh, Give it a try. That's what I was going to say. Take about, uh, don't sprinkle all your seed, just sprinkle part of it and then wait until springtime. And then when the the, columbine starts growing, uh, in the spring, when just with the foliage, then go ahead and sprinkle some uh, s- uh, seed at that time. Okay. Okay. Are they good in a pot? Uh, not so much. Okay. I mean, you could, you could give it a try, but uh, they, you know, they're really kind of in the ground <laughs> type of plant material. Yeah, yeah. This thing thrived when I just dug a hole and dumped it, and right. I was just curious to see what it did, and I was kind of surprised. Yeah, they're really kind of tough. When I worked at the Botanical Garden in the English Woodland Garden, the original planting of columbine was, I think there was about 8 to 10 to 12 plants, and then I just started gathering the seed, and I you know, expanded that colony quite a bit. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you for your help. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks, Jennifer. And June, Tony, Tom, Molly, and Larry, we're going to be getting to you after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.